0: This is Pastor Nathan Kirk, and I am so glad that you have decided to make Greater Life a part of your day by tuning in to the message that you're about to hear. We here at Greater Life are a group of people that are passionate about living for Christ as well as service one to another. From our worship services, classes, and messages, we strive to love and serve with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I hope you enjoy the message you're about to hear, that it is a blessing to you and that in turn you may be a blessing to others. If you're searching for a church to call your home, I encourage you to join us here at Greater Life. While you're turning there this morning, I just want to again say a very big thank you to all of those who have played such a big role in, this, uh, in making this church what it is. We couldn't do it without you. And if you are here today and you're saying, hey, I want to get involved, I want to be a part of something like that, um, more than just forgetting a bag, but you, know, you want to be involved in something and part of something, then we want to get you connected and get you involved. There's something great that's happening here. Amen. But it's not just happening here. Okay. Amen. Come on, church. Don't sit down on me right now. Just because music stopped and then you're just kind of like clamming up on me. Don't stop now, okay? There's something great happening here, but it's not just happening here. <clears throat> Come on, someone. It's not just happening here. Amen we we'll read a story, uh, some excerpts from a story in First Kings chapter 20, beginning in verse number 13, and a few verses at a time here. We we'll going to read some excerpts from this story of the king of Israel, Ahab, and then the king of um, Ar- Aram, which is uh, King Ben-Hadad. Now, this is an interesting story that takes place, and we're going to give you a little context afterwards, and so you have an understanding of what this story is all about. But I want to at least set the tone and set the stage here with these verses found in the middle of this chapter and in the middle of these events that take place within this chapter. So it says this in verse number 13 of 1 Kings chapter 20. It says, Suddenly, all of a sudden, a prophet, an unnamed, unknown prophet, Approached Ahab, king of Israel, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you seen all this great multitude? Behold, I will deliver it into your hand today, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So Ahab said, By whom? As, in, as if to say, by whom are you going to deliver? Like, who's going to carry this out? Thus says the Lord. Then King Ahab said, well, who's going to set the battle in order? <laughs> Me? Everyone point, point your finger at yourself and say, me? Skipping down to verse 19. Then these young leaders of the provinces went out of the city with the army which followed them, and each one killed his man. So the Syrians fled, and Israel pursued them. And Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, escaped on a horse with the cavalry. Verse 21. Then the king of Israel went out and attacked the horses and the chariots, and killed the Syrians with a great slaughter. And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said to him, Go, strengthen yourself, and take note, and see what you should do. For in the spring of the year, the king of Syria will come, again, come against you. So he's saying he's coming back in the spring. Then the servants of the king of Syria said to him, Their gods are gods of the hills, therefore... They, for that reason they were stronger than we but if we fight against them in the plain or in the valleys surely we will be stronger than they then a man of God came and spoke to the king of Israel verse number 28 then, then a man of God came and spoke to the king of Israel and said thus says the Lord because the Syrians have said that God, the Lord is God of the hills but he is not God of the valleys therefore or because they've said this I would deliver all this great multitude into your hand. And once again, he says to the king of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So for a little while, with the help of the Holy Ghost here this morning, I just want to preach on this subject here today. God of the hills, God of the valley. is the same God. He's the God of your hills. He's the God of your valleys. (sighs) Amen. I'm cautious to do so, but why don't you real quickly turn around and shake hands with somebody really quickly. If if there's someone here that you don't know, go ahead and shake their hands and greet them. Tell them that they look good this morning, even if you have to speak by faith. Amen. All right, go ahead and be seated. Go ahead, find your ways, ways back to yours places. Amen. I don't feel like this morning I have to preach really long. Everyone said amen. Wow, that was the most unity, I think. Wow. Praise the Lord that's that's powerful, right? We could almost dismiss just with that. That was beautiful. Amen. Again, want to give a very warm welcome to all of our guests this morning. Just so great to have you with us here today. Many people out of town and traveling, so we want to keep them in our prayers as well. I, I think this subject... really bad. I'm going to keep going. Hosea and Isaiah both say this. I, Hosea and Isaiah both say these words. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because they don't know who their God is, and they don't know what they can do, what their God can do through them, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Sometimes we're in this valley and we don't know what to do in this valley. We don't know how to get through our valley and we are destroyed or we're led astray or our time is sucked up and our energy is sucked up because we don't know who our God is. And we begin to fret and worry and get anxious and become angry and afraid and down because we don't know who our God is. We say he's the God of somebody else's mountain or he's the God of somebody else's valley. But when it comes to my life and my mountain or my valley, I don't know if God's ever going to show up. Can I tell you, he is a very personal God who wants to show up right in the middle of your life and he's saying I want to show you who I really am so that you can know that he is the Lord. Whatever situation you're going through right now, God is aware of it. He's aware of what's going on. It has not escaped His imagination and his attention about what's going on in your life. He is keenly aware of every step that you take. He knows every hair on your head. He's got it numbered and counted. He knows your beginning and your end. He knows the start from the finish. He's got everything figured out. God knows exactly where you're at and exactly what's coming your way. Don't you dare for one second think that God is going to abandon you or leave you in the middle of all of this. He's the God of the hills and he is the God of the valleys. And he wants to show himself strong in your life. But not so everybody else can know, so that you can know who your God is. Because in Daniel it says that the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. But before you can be strong and do exploits, sometimes we want to skip to that part. You've got to know your God. And if you want to know your God, then you have to be put in a situation where only he can fix it. And some of you are like, I don't, I don't like that. That's why Paul says, that I may know him. Then he says, in the power of his resurrection. But then he backs up and he says, in the fellowship of his sufferings, that I can know him. In the power of it, be strong and do exploits. I want to be strong and do exploits, but I gotta go through some things. You know what you gotta go through? You gotta go through the valley. But you know who's with you in the valley? The same God that's with you on the mountain. Hold on, the same God that's with you on the mountain, yes. is journeying with you down the mountain and into the valley. He hasn't just skipped ahead to the end. it says I said it in Psalm 23, "Because you are with me because you're with me. And some of us we get so tunnel vision about the valley. we don't realize that God is right there with you. And he's saying, I'm trying to comfort you." trying to help you. I'm with you through this. God of the hills is still, still and never stop being God of your valley. The Prophets' instructions, I'm going to hasten to a close here this morning because I think we need to have a conversation with the God of the hills and the god of the valley. I think we need to have a conversation with him today that says, Lord, I'm sorry that my conduct in the valley didn't match who I profess you to be on the mountain. But what if... Because, look, when you're on the mountain... When you like, when you're on the mountain, can you like some of you? It's been so long since you've been up there, you don't remember. You don't even know that there are mountains. It just looks like North Dakota or Nebraska. It's like it's just like just flat and 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 there <laughs> and windy and smelly. So um, <laughs> just you, that's what it feels like sometimes. You just like I forget that there was a mountain. But some of you that's been on the mountain before. When you have that perspective and you can look down and see the valley, your whole, your whole attitude and your whole disposition changes because you have perspective, because you can see things differently. It's not so close, not right just in front of you. Not only that, but when you're going through the valley and somebody else is on the mountain, don't you get irritated when you're going through something and, and you're really struggling with something and somebody else is on the mountain and they're just happy and just great just everything's grand and everything's great and they're so full of faith and you're like, I don't have any faith in the tank, like it's run empty, but and they're just like, oh, faith, 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 and all you gotta do is faith, faith, faith. And you're just like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. You stay up there in your stupid mountain, I don't even care. <laughs> Is that all right? Like, that's why, that's why the old saying says, misery loves company. Yeah, because when you're miserable, you want someone else that will sing three-part harmony with you in misery. Like, we can, we can all sound miserable together, but at least we'll sound good. But, you know, we'll sound, we'll sound miserable together. Let's So I'll let you take this, and I'll take that, and we'll just be miserable together. And then that happy person comes along, and you're just like, well, you don't fit here. You don't think because you're smiling all the time, and you're happy all the time, and, you got, and, and, and even when things aren't going so well for you, you're speaking faith, and you're, you're excited about something, you're, and you're just always happy, and everything's always great, you're always looking for the positive side of things. I just want to be miserable sometimes. But I think you need a little bit of perspective. You need to take a step back and realize that the valley that you're going through, is—it's yes, you're in the middle of something, but it's not your end destination. It's not where you're meant to stop. You're meant to go through it, and there is something on the other side. So sometimes you just need a voice of perspective that will say, keep on walking, keep on going, you're going to make it through, everything's going to be okay, and all throughout the entire process, God's going to reveal himself to you. Hold on, hold on, I don't know if we understand this. All throughout the process. Sometimes we just kind of look back and we say, well, God will show up when I'm all through this. No, stop. Yes, you'll see him all through it, you'll see it more clearly, but he wants to reveal himself with you in the very middle of it. How can he be your comforter? Unless he is comforting you in your time of distress. So you're going through the valley and you want to say, God, I'll get through this valley and then you can help me feel better afterwards. No. God, I'm going through this valley. Comfort me while I'm going through this. I need you now more than ever. And the breakdown is this. The prophet's instruction to King Ahab is simply this. And I've already read it, so I'll go through this quickly here this morning. But I think it's so important that it bears repeating. Verse number 13 says this, at the end of verse number 13 of 1 Kings chapter 20, it says, And you shall know that I am the Lord. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to bring you through. God is going to do it, but it's not for their sake. It's not for them. It's not for everybody else. And some of you, you need to stop fighting the battle so that everybody else sees where your God is. God is trying to do something in your life, not for them, for you. We, we get so we're so consumed with with putting ourselves out there sometimes so that other people can see and it val- and, and see what we're doing and, and it validates it validates so much about us and trying to convince others about what it whatever it is that we have going on that we really miss the point that God's trying to show you something like if I do this and if I get let me just talk to you if you're involved in ministry in any capacity and if you're not you should be and you will be and You will be. Every every member is a minister. You have a unique calling from God, every single one of you here. Every single one of you here has something unique that God has placed in your life and he's put you on this planet for. That needs to come to life. But if you're involved in ministry, as we saw the many people standing up here and, and many people throughout this congregation, and even if you don't have a formal position, you still have some involvement, some contribution to ministry. If you're involved in this, one of the things that you'll soon begin to see is that you'll want to, to have, you'll want other people to catch on so that it validates you. You'll want to do something so that other people can, can come along. And that's a danger, if you're involved in ministry, that's a dangerous place to be, doing it for others. You do what you do, and you live the way that you live, not for others. You live that way for him and for him alone, nobody else. As soon as it starts becoming dependent upon other people, you find yourself operating not in your faith, not in faith, not walking in the Spirit, by walking by sight, by your humanity, your flesh. Okay. So the Lord was saying, through his prophet, was saying to King Ahab, it's not about them knowing anything. They are wrong. They're going to continue to be wrong. Stop worrying about them. God wants you to know who he is. For Yourself. We sang a song earlier this morning. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing that I made it. Sometimes, and that was about worship, and it's it's a really beautiful song, but take a step back and just think about the way that we walk our walk with God. And we say, Lord, I'm sorry for the thing that I've made this. I'm sorry I've made this about trying to validate myself to other people. Lord, I'm sorry that I've made this something, that, that it's some kind of way to affirm myself and that I haven't made a mistake all these years on this earth. Lord, I haven't made it about my relationship with you because if my relationship is right with you, then I just trust that you're going to take care of everything else. God's people in the Old Testament, they, when they found themselves in trouble, in trouble not in trial in trouble there's a difference there's a big difference we go through trials when we walk when we walk the way we ought to walk but we go through troubles when we don't walk the way we ought to walk i read in psalms this poor man cried and the lord heard me and delivered me from all delivered him from all his fears in job it says that man born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Okay. <laughs> if you have children, you're like, amen. So he says, I'm gonna de- the Lord is going to deliver you. And this is what's so beautiful. It says, he, he, the king responds to him, He says, in verse number 14, by whom? Like, who's going to do all this work? And the answer was, those that are around you. And then he says, well, who's going to put them in the place? And the prophet said, you. I love that one word answer, you. I feel like he just gave that answer and then walked away. He's like, you. Mic drop. Boop, done. I'm done. I'm done. Figure it out. And we go, me? We go, me? Because you know what we want Sometimes. Hallelujah. I'm going to step on some toes right now. Everyone, tuck your toes in because this is going to hurt. <laughs> Brother Powell's like, go ahead, do it. That's <laughs> some big feet, bro. I don't want to step on those. It'll probably hurt myself. Yeah. You know what we want sometimes? Sometimes we want a man of God to do it for us. Oh, that's, that hurts. We say, preacher, if you just come and pray for me, and look, I'll, I'll pray for, I'll, we'll pray for whoever, right, Brother, Brother Mark, we'll pray for whoever. It doesn't matter. If you need prayer, we'll pray for you. Like, that's great. Well, the Bible says, if any sick among you, them call for you, those in the church. Like, yep, we're going to do that. We're going to be obedient to that. But sometimes we say, I can't get anything unless somebody comes and prays for me, unless a preacher comes and prays for me, unless a man of God, whoever that is, comes and prays for me, unless Brother McGowan puts his hand on me and just and he begins to shake the Holy Ghost out of me or something like that. I'm not really sure how that works, but, like, I can't do anything until that happens. And can I tell you, when you become dependent on a when you become dependent on a man or a system, that's when a breakdown happens, and the Lord is saying, the Lord is saying, okay, I'm gonna take that out of your picture, I'm gonna take that off your pages, I'm gonna go that and take that out of your life, and I'm gonna distill it down to it's just you and me. Who's gonna do it? You're gonna do it. Who's gonna lead the charge? Is pastor going to come or is a prophet going to come or is there going to be a special preacher or an evangelist or somebody on the ministry team or even a department? I'll even take an usher or a greeter. Like, is, somebody, is, I just, is there somebody from the church that's going to come? And it's like, yes, it's you. You're the one that's going to lead the charge. You're the one that's going to put things into place. Men, okay, men, hear me today. Men, whew. we want a. I'm a, Brother Reed, I'm going to help you right now, okay? This is my, this is my help to you right now. We want a men's leader to set our homes in order. Men, I'm going to talk to you. Old Testament language gird up your loins. Stand up straight. You can do it. Not with a heavy hand, not with an iron fist the same way that Jesus did it with you, with love and compassion, with grace and with truth. But you can do it. You can lead your homes. You can be the leaders in your homes. You can lead your families. You can be the spiritual leader in your home. You can build an altar in your... men. you can do it. Man, I was looking for a baritone amen right there. Amen. Verse number 22, and this is at, this is, this is, and I'm, I am probably hurrying to a close. Um, verse 22, victory, there was a victory that they had that was followed by a warning though. The warning was this, they'll be back. Why will they be back? Because King Benedict thought that God was just the God of the hills. King Benedict thought that God's dominion was only in the mountains or the mountaintop experiences. But remember, this story isn't about King ben Adad. This story is about you. And your, your experience with God and your perception of God is not just the mountaintop experiences, but it's in your valley. And what would you do if you were standing on your mountain and you saw your valley? How would you look at that valley from the perspective of a mountain? You would say, that's not too hard for God. That's not too hard for God to take. Sometimes when we talk and, and you feel like you feel like how come I had somebody asked me this the other day, how come you don't cry when I cry? And I was like, look, Catherine, here's the thing. <laughs> it's one of my daughters, and I'm just like, I got four girls, and that's all you do. Like, it's like it's like a playlist that's always on repeat and unshuffle, and sometimes some songs play at the same time, and, <laughs> and they're all in different keys, and they never sync up, right? It's just, what a blessing. <laughs> I got to sit down. Is this okay? No, I'll just use <laughs> it. But you know why sometimes people don't get down with you in the, in the pit that you're in? is because they're up and they see things a little bit differently. And they say, it's not. this is not the end. That wherever you're going through, this isn't the end. Just come on, keep coming out of it. But, but, but it's not even just that perspective that they have. They see that God is with you in it. Like that's, as a pastor, that's what I'm trying to do here today, is to tell you that whatever you're going through, God is with you in it. Not just on the other side. He wants you to know in the middle of what you're going through that he's in this room. Right now. Why is it that we can have this mountaintop experience with Jesus, but when we get in the valley, he seems so distant? Could it be that we don't really know our God? Could it be that we've confined him, like King ben did, and mountaintops only. You need a reminder today that your God is not like other gods. That your God, your God went to the, to the top of the hill with a cross on his back. And after he died, he descended to the lowest parts and took the keys of death in the grave. He hit the mountain, and he went lower than your lowest valley, and he has authority and power over it all. He said, no matter what you're going through. Philippians chapter two verse five says this. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, but it says, "Have this mind, or let this mind among yourselves. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it, who, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped." but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly, noticed the dichotomy, he was humbled and obedient in the death on the cross. But because of this, God has exalted him And bestowed upon him a name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth. And and it even says this and under the earth. That no matter your hill, no matter the lowest low, he is God of your hills. He's God of your valleys. If we could stand together here this morning, musicians, if you could please come this time. Someone here today, you need to know, you need to be reminded to know that the same God who was there with you maybe when you were baptized, the same God who filled you with his spirit, the same God who's been with you service after service some of you are living Sunday to Sunday to Sunday to Sunday. Bare, sometimes barely making it to church. But you leave and you say, that felt good, that felt good. You know what, I think I can make it another week. You know, that, that was good worship and good word and I had a good time of prayer and good fellowship. I think I, think I can make it one more week. And you go out of the doors and into this world and down into your valley where you walk and you tread and 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 then the cares and the weights of this world and the and the and the tunnel vision begins to seep in and you you begin to feel weighed and bogged down and you you say I don't know how I'm even going to make it and 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 it's not even Tuesday yet. You go through and you go through and you say, God, where are you in the middle of my valley? Where are you in the middle? Where are you in the middle of this? I can't. I just got to make it back to church. I just got to make it back. Maybe you come on Wednesday and you have time in Bible study and you say, oh, you know what? That was, that was a good escape. It was a good escape for me, but, but I got to make it to Sunday. Now I got to make it to Sunday. I don't know what I'm going to do. How am I going to make it? How am I going to make it? And you're wondering, how are you going to make it? Some of you are afraid to go home because of what is waiting for you at home. Some of you are afraid to lay your head down at night because you don't know the things that are going to come out in, your, in your sleep and in your dreams. You go, God, I don't know what to do in the middle of all of this valley. I'm seeing things. I'm hearing things. It seems like, it seems like you're far from me. I don't know what to do. But the same God that meets you on a Sunday the same God that meets you on the mountaintop, that shakes the foundations of the mountain and brings the cloud and the thunder and the lightning and the fire, that same God is in your valley, not watching from afar, but He's down there with you. The Word of the Lord tells us in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, Today and forever. You know, It doesn't matter what height you go to, what depth you go to. It doesn't matter what period of time you find yourself. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In closing here this morning, this last thought. In John chapter 14, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says these words. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he, will, he shall give you another comforter that he will abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it's not about them. It's God coming to you. Whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. And Jesus leaves them with these words, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I know the context is a little bit different, but in Revelation Chapter 22 and 20, it says, he which testified these things, saith, surely I come quickly. And the response was this, even so, come. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So in the middle of your valley, can you lift up your hands and you say, even so, meet me right here in the middle of my valley. And this altar is open here this morning. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what season you're in and what you're going through right now. But can I tell you, in this place today, God wants to show himself personally strong to you today so that you can know who your God is even in the middle of a valley. Can we gather around the altar at this time? Can we just begin to come right now? If you're, if you're going through something, even if, you're, even if you don't know, if, even if you're not, if you say, you know, everything seems to be fine. Can we just gather in real close? Come, come on in real close. We're just going to begin to pray here this morning. We're going to begin to pray and say, God, I want to be honest about where I'm at right now. I can't be dishonest, Lord. I can't be disingenuous. I can't pretend like everything is okay when it's not okay. Come on, if you're on a mountaintop right now and things are going good for you, I'm not trying to drag you down into a valley. Maybe you need to come along beside somebody and speak a little faith into their life and help, help pray for them and lift up their hands when they're wearied and they're down. But right now, I wonder if we could just pray, Lord, Lord, meet us here meet me here lord meet me in my valley meet, you're the god of the hills and you're the god of the valleys and if i'm going through something right now god meet me here in the very middle of my valley come on not in sorrow not in sadness But a joyful welcome to the Lord. Meet me here, God, in the middle of my valley. Because you're the same God of the mountain as you are in the valley. You're the same God at the top of the hill as you are in the lowest points. So, God, meet us here. Meet us here, oh, God. In Jesus' name. I won't be discouraged even when I'm discouraged. I'll remind my soul of all you've done before.